Listen up, get ready, I'm not gonna take no more There's a revolution, a revelation going on in my soul Buckle up, get ready, we're not gonna sit back Hey, hey, Keb Mo, stand up and be strong Which is what we're all trying to do these days Good to have his, hear his uh, voice telling us so So welcome, brothers and sisters, citizens of the world All our family and friends, neighbors from Chicago, I am Katie Hogan, and I'm here for you with another episode of Live from the Heartland. We're still in the era of the pandemic, doing this on Zoom. This is number 109 for those of you keeping track for the week of July 2nd, 2022. Our home base is WLUW, and we are recording the day before on July 1st. Happy July. Our guests today are Elena Hamilton and Joanna Klonsky from the Winning Fritz Kagi campaign and Blake Smith from Ravinia. Plus, we'll go through a little bit of uh, the news as we see it and catch it. It's uh, great to be here sitting in for Michael, um, which is what I'm doing, sitting in for Michael, who's across the sea. And he'll tell you about that when he gets back. But uh, I like to start out the way he likes us to start out with something good either good news or good things we're doing, reading. And this week I attended the CSO free concert for Chicago on Monday night in Millennium Park. What a lovely, gorgeous night. And it was packed, of course, but not, not overly packed for those of us who are still a little crowd shy. Um, but what was unexpected for me was that uh, they started out with the symphony playing the national anthem which I have to take a knee for. So I did. <laughs> and because everyone was standing around me, I couldn't see if anyone else did, but there was a gal standing next to me or sitting next to me on the lawn when we all got up and the song finished, she gave me a fist bump and said, you go girl. So I'm gonna take that. Uh, it's not always easy being the only one doing the hard things, but gotta do it. Uh, let's follow that with some really bad news. Um, in addition to the Amtrak crash in Missouri, which uh, killed, I think, three or four people, um, and that is a serious problem about our infrastructure and our safety questions and how much we invest in that train system, which is not enough. Um, we all know that for years now, not enough for a national transportation system like that, but really uh, heartbreaking, horrible. Uh, was the discovery of 57 bodies of people crossing the border in a truck in San Antonio, Texas, mostly Guatemalan and Honduran. Um, but no words, no words. Uh, while we're on the sad stuff, let's uh, do our in memoriam. Um, Tim Berg was a fellow who Michael introduced me to when we first met. He was part of the Rising Up Angry crew. He um, was a great guy. And we, the three of us started something for a while called the Freedom Road Delivery Company, which was us attempting to deliver um, positive political progressive literature to stops around the city and suburbs that maybe didn't, had not prior held magazines in them. Um, it was an experiment that ended when we realized our fleet was Tim's family station wagon, my 63 Impala and Michael's 62 uh, Firebird. Um, couldn't do it, but Michael remembers that the word heartland 
for the name of our restaurant came out of Tim Berg's mouth. Tim, we've loved you and we bless you in your transition. We also wanna mention our neighbor and buddy, Barbara Lance, who uh, passed uh, last month, June now, and uh, just a great gal. She and her husband, Tom, were my buddies, my neighbors and uh, buddies in my old building and just a block away from here. And uh, we're sorry that he lost his partner. Uh, we wish you well, Barbara, in your transition. Okay, now into the uh, world outside of ourselves. Um, let's see, we'll get into the primary with our guests, but just to note, my fellow Chicagoans, 20% of you chose to participate in the primary this week, 20%. In a time, in the week after the Roe overturn, while the January 6th hearings are in front of us, as the president, our president currently would say, what in God's name, people? What are you thinking? You've got to vote. Otherwise, it's all lost. Okay, on the labor front, Atlantic City casino workers are threatening to strike ahead of this 4th of July weekend. Um, workers of local 54 claim wages have fallen behind. Tentative deal is made at MGM, but negotiations, negotiations still ongoing at uh, Caesars. A strike could start as early as today when I'm taping this, which is Friday. Um, not some, uh, not for the Supreme Court. Um, <coughs> Okay, they continue to throw out gun regulations, which they started uh, the, the same week they overturned Roe. Um, and now we have the EPA, which means Environmental Protection Agency. In case you hadn't heard that title, SCOTUS, um, it, they just threw out their ability to actually um, uh, correct the emissions problems that we've been dealing with for the last 20, 30 years in any serious way. Um, also, just so that we recall tomorrow, Saturday, when you're hearing this um, today, uh, is the 58th anniversary of the civil rights bill being signed into law, which is ironic given the current state of civil rights and the possibility that this particular Supreme Court could look to overthrow that. They've already, um, the Republicans have already just uh, massacred uh, voting rights around the country. Um, and I just, I, it makes me wonder if people are just, uh, are, uh, if they don't show up to vote, what are you thinking? I, I just don't understand. Um, uh, the good news is the ascendance of Justice Katanji Brown Jackson to the court. Rock on my sister. You've got a really crummy bunch of friends to hang around with on the, at the water cooler there. Uh, let's see, what else we've got? Uh, Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony this past week was fairly exciting for all of us who want to see Trump in uh, handcuffs at some point. Um, I, just, uh, I just don't know. We now have a Supreme Court with four women on it, which is the first time ever. And of course, our first African-American justice. Um, so, uh, boy, oh boy, I, I can't handle the Supreme Court right now. So I'm just going to go on to the next thing. <coughs> <Excuse me. clears throat> 
NATO welcomed Finland and Sweden this week. And uh, the uh, president uh, made one of his boo-boos when he said Switzerland instead of Sweden. <laughs> but he sort of recovers pretty well from them. If you saw the uh, clip of it on Stephen Colbert last night, it was very funny. Um, okay, what else we got? Rogers Park. Um, there is a new environment committee started under the auspices of Network 49. Their next meeting is July 10th. It's a Zoom meeting, and we'll make sure you have the information on who to contact for that on our next week's show. But I'm excited about this committee because they started out um, with a couple of pilot attentions, one being um, tree planting around the city of Chicago and in our own ward. Uh, so sooner or later, we'll, we'll get them on the show to talk about what their plans are. Um, national, the lifeguard crisis continues. It is a national issue, although there are a handful of pools in Chicago that will open this weekend, the weekend of 4th of July. Um, I'm just hoping they, they make that, those decisions in an equitable way. Um, at least equitably, they had no pools open until now. Um, now I'm hoping that the pools that uh, serve different communities around our city are chosen, you know, equitably. Uh, you are listening to Live from the Heartland, WLUW 88.7 FM. We're going to take a musical break and be back with our first guests, Alana Hampton, Alana Hampton and Joanna Klonsky. Be right back. When it hurts real bad, don't give up. 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 Yeah, I said don't give up. Don't give up. No, don't give up. Don't give up. Welcome, you gals, to Live from the Heartland. I love having a, an all-female screen right now. It's great. Uh, Elena, is that the right pronunciation? Yep. Elena, Elena, who was the campaign manager, and Joanna Klonsky, who may some of you may know from other uh, roles <laughs> that she keeps. But in this uh, particular interview, it's about her communications role also on the KG campaign. First of all, Congrats on the win. Yay, thank you. Um, tell us how much of a win and, and what that means for both you, for the county, as you see it. Uh, let's start with Elena. Um, it was actually pretty emotional because um, Fritz has done a lot of reform work for the Cook County property tax system. 
And he had a lot of the old machine guard working against him, which are the same similar people or aligned people with um, the people I sued a few years ago in the Democratic Party, a lot of their allies. Um, actually, several of my former uh, colleagues were actually working against us on this race. So it started to feel a little personal. Um, so for me, and I know Joanna, who worked very closely with me on my lawsuit, um, it was pretty emotional for the both of us. Elena, maybe you should explain what you're talking about. <laughs> I was going to ask. Uh, I sued the Democratic Party of Illinois in 2018 um, after I reported sexual harassment and I was retaliated against. Um, and it was a two year long lawsuit uh, against Mike Madigan and, um, you know, several of his um, allies involved in that organization um, ended up settling the lawsuit in November of 2019. And, and uh, ever since then, I work more with the reformer types. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Joanna, how about you? What, uh, how did it, how did this win feel for you? You've been around the block a few times with this stuff. So I have been around the block a few times. Well, first of all, let me start. It's so nice to be here with you, Katie. So thank you for inviting us to join you. And one of the times I've been around this block was with you. Um, because I know that you worked on Fritz's first race back in 2018, which I also worked on. Um, because I, was have been with Fritz from the very beginning. I remember when he came to me back in sometime in 2017 and said, uh, and I didn't know him. He was like, I heard you're one of the people I should talk to. Um, if I want to run an insurgent campaign against the machine um, to reform the, the corrupt broken property tax system in Illinois. Um, I want to run for assessor against Joe Barrios. And I think I did a spit take. Uh, I was yeah. like, okay, this guy's bonkers. Like, get me out of here. I think we were at uh, the Berghoff. Um, <laughs> he took me to lunch. Um, but then the more I talked with him, the more I thought about it. I was like, you know what? This Joe Berrios um, administration go. was clearly um, corrupt. It was clearly ripping off um, the, the homeowners and taxpayers who could afford to be ripped off the lease. Yeah. Uh, in favor of clouded property tax lawyers, develop, downtown developers, um, rich people, <laughs> campaign donors, um, where he would give special deals on their property taxes. And then the rest of us would have to pick up the bill. Um, and we knew there was so much investigative reporting. The Tribune had a huge series, The Tax Divide, that really delved into this and showed how the people who were hurt the most by this broken system that Barrios was at the helm of were in communities that had already, were still struggling to recover from the, from the mortgage crisis of 2008, um, still struggling to recover from past recessions and were still um, really the people who could afford it the least. So I thought, you know what, this is a noble fight. Let me take it on. I'm not scared of these people. Um, and we jumped in. We were never supposed to win. Um, and yet at the end, of course, we know that in 2018, Fritz came out on top. Joe Berrios then also resigned as chair of the Cook County Democratic Party, which was really, I thought, a very important sea change moment. Um, so this time around, Fritz is running for re-election. He's now redone everyone's property tax assessments. And property tax, the property tax system is so hard to understand. Yeah. All you know is you got your bill, maybe your assessment went up, and uh, that is 
you don't know why. Maybe your bill, maybe your taxes actually went up. You don't know why. You don't necessarily know that just because your assessment went up doesn't mean that your actual money that you owe is going to go up. People don't understand this. Rightfully so, it is incredibly complicated. And so Fritz is in the position of having to explain, not only explain the system to people, but also explain why what he's doing is actually right. Um, so he was certainly just by nature of having done the job for four years, he was vulnerable to a challenge. Right. And I apologize. I have a loud train going by. So I'm going to have to pause for one second and close the window. Is that okay? So that you don't hear it. Sure. Close the okay. window. I'll, I'll ask Alina something. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, actually what she's talking about, I found to be the case. It was very difficult. I had a difficult time talking the assessor fine points to friends, even, even some other political allies who, who said, Oh no, I don't, I'm not for Kagi. My taxes went up. Now, at least one of those people is living in a, a place where the taxes should go up. Lincoln Park, it's, it's, <laughs> You know, they have huge, huge uh, property uh, values now. But in general, is was that one of the hurdles for you uh, also on the campaign, Elena, to oh, yeah. figure out a way to talk about that to people? It, we, I think we, it took us a little while to figure out the messaging on the campaign because we have to make it understandable for the the average person to understand. Like, obviously, people like Joanna and I, are immersed in the language all the time. And it even took us a while to figure out uh, and understand everything that was going on. Um, and it's wildly complex and it's hard to message that to people that aren't as interested or as involved in politics as we are. So yeah, getting the message right um, to actually reach voters uh, was pretty difficult. And what was the, uh, what was the final uh, uh, vote what was the percentage of vote he got finally? Uh, we won about at 54%. We won by about eight points. Yeah. Um, so about 30,000 votes, which is a, a pretty significant win. It is. Uh, however, the turnout was not significant. No. This, is what, no. this is what drives me crazy. I mean, in a week where we just lost the right to abortion where we're watching the January 6th hearings, how is it that Chicagoans can show up only 20% to vote, to vote on this, uh, an election that includes judges? Eh. So anybody, any, any reactions to that? Or, or should we just go on to the next rant? <laughs> I think it's extremely frustrating, which I've expressed my opinion on a lot on social media um, in the week coming up to the election. Um, and I've read a lot about people saying that they had no idea an election was going on or there's been no advertisement about the election, which I just the amount of money we spent alone on the campaign yeah. is enough for me to know that that is not true. Yeah. So um, with several other campaigns going on, we definitely know that's not true. So it's just really frustrating um, and sometimes disheartening to, to do this work when people are so unengaged. Yeah. Chime in, Joe. I think there's um, a lot going on here. One is that we know um, these midterm cycles, especially in a primary um, turnout does tend to be lower, but particularly, I just, I think it was hard for people to understand what was at stake this cycle. Um, it, in the general, I 
I'm sure that turnout will be higher and people will be more engaged. But I also do want to lift up, there was a lot of great work going on to organize people and get people mobilized. There are a lot of organizations like Chicago Votes, which I'm a founder of, that worked really hard to educate young voters. I was really encouraged by seeing high turnout at the at the polling location in Cook County Jail, which Chicago Votes helps um, facilitate. Yeah. Really incredible. Um, so there are some silver lining bright spots in the story of the cycle that I think we're still going to have to sift through all this data and find. Um, but one thing I'll note is that I think all of the narrative around how low turnout is during the early vote period helps actually depress turnout. The more we talk about how low turnout is, the more people don't want to participate. Because you are so right. And there's all this all of these hand-wringing headlines in the three weeks or so leading up to election day of shaming people, people aren't voting, turnout is historically low. There's 90, I remember reading, there's 90,000 vote by mail ballots that haven't been returned yet. And I actually really do think that the framing and how the media talks about this matters and can have an actual depressive effect, a demotivating effect. People wanna join something that's exciting that everyone else is doing. People do not want to join something that no one else is doing. Mm. Uh, and shame as a tactic in elections and in life, we've seen time and time again, is just so ineffective. Nobody, it is so demotivating. So I hope that next time around, come November, we can really try to start to shift how we talk about turnout in the lead up to elections. I think it matters. Can I say also that we here in Rogers Park were so happy that Fitzkagey decided to party on election yeah. night in our neighborhood. How fun was that? It was great fun. Did you guys enjoy it? Oh, we had a great time. That's my favorite election night party. Also, and you know, I do this. I always have to go to an election night party. But also, I just want to give a big shout out to Kelly Cassidy because she's the one who organized it. And she's been a great ally and a great friend to me and Elena and to, and just like, um, the fact that you can still get an abortion in Illinois right now is basically thanks to Kelly Cassidy. So let's just take a moment. Thank God that we have her. Yes. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And when you were first talking about the suit, Elena, I, I was not realizing what you were talking about was something we reported on using Kelly a couple times in the course of that. So congratulations on holding their feet to the fire. I, think I came on your show and talked about it a few you years might back. Have too, that's right. Yeah, probably with Kelly, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Um, Elena, you're um, from, from the middle of the state, yep, but is I Chicago can. your home now? Yeah, I've been here for about 10 years. Oh, yeah. I think that much my, not yeah. a newcomer. She's stuck now. She yeah. can't leave if she wants to. <laughs> what ward are you in, may I ask? Um, I am living in the 47th ward right now. Okay, because I looked up the uh, turnout by ward because I'm always interested in. You're a nerd. And, you know, 19th Ward down where I grew up on the southwest side has always got a big, they've got 25% showed up in the 19th Ward and Mm -hmm. 21% in our ward. Uh, But old Harry Osterman, he gets gets 28% in 48. You always have to be aware of the voters in 48. They show up. They do. Um, but so 47, that's good. Maybe you can. Run. You know who won the 47th ward, by the way, Katie? Who? Fritz Kagey. Yes. Just thought it was something to mention. Yes. It's a very important mention because the 47th ward organization endorsed against us. I, I was just about to say, maybe you could run for committee person next. 
Um, um, I will not personally run, but you know what I do. Somebody. <laughs> if I find someone, you never know. Right, right. Uh, so let's just talk about what's next uh, coming up. You guys are taking a break. Kelly's off, thank God, with Josh in Wyoming. Have a great time, you guys. Um, we've got a big election coming up, huge across the country. I, I, I'm actually at sixes and sevens because our state should be fine. And there's a few things we can put in place to make sure that that's going on. But we've got Iowa, Michigan, and Wisconsin all around us with big, intense races. And when I was younger, I would just go and camp out at these other states. I did it for Obama a few times. Um, what, what do you think you're going to be looking to encourage people to be doing? What will you yourself, uh, if you've already figured it out, be looking at for participation? Either one, both. You know, I think one thing that I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about and getting engaged on is this Illinois Supreme Court race. Yeah. That, that's the thing about this, right? Illinois is this beacon of, of rights and access to abortion and reproductive health care. But if we lose that Supreme Court, uh, everything's up for grabs, too. Right. So that feels really important to me and like something that we all should sort of shift our attention to. You have two, two seats, right? Correct. Yep. So um, I think that's going to be something that we need to start. We all need to read up on and, and get engaged with. Um, Good point. Good point. No, obviously we've got a right-wing extremist gubernatorial candidate running and Darren Bailey. So that's concerning. Um, I don't think we can take anything for granted or assume that he's too, you know, wild and out there. I think, you know, we've, we've <laughs> learned that lesson in the past in 2016 that you can't do that. So you know, it, it used to be that we'd start out campaigns with voter registration. Um, and I'm not really sure now, given how easy it is to register to vote right up to and including Election Day, how much awareness there is on building any kind of voter registration drive. But I don't think it would be a bad idea for this upcoming midterm. And Elena, it's your turn. So what uh, <laughs> what do you think? Um, both the last question and, and the voter registration one, where are you at? It's interesting that you mentioned voter registration because I haven't worked on a lot of voter registration for years now. Um, when I used to work on state house races, we used to register people to vote all the time. Um, so that's a good point to bring up. And especially with how low the turnout was with the very young age group, like the Gen Z age group, um, that maybe that's something we should be looking at. Um, in our state, getting more people registered to vote. What do you think you're going to be doing for the November race, Elena? Um, I, I think it'll, it's pretty unlikely that I'll be working on a campaign for the November election. I'm, okay. go I'm going I'm going actual life to lead or something. What, <laughs> what's the deal? Um, I notoriously go abroad often. I, I like to spend a lot of time in, um, other, other countries parts of the world. I'm going to to Pakistan in a couple of weeks, and then to Egypt after that. Wow. Yeah. Um, if I come back for elections, it would be for the municipal, which is 2023. Yeah. Right. Um, so let's talk about the municipal for a second. Full <laughs> disclosure: um, one of the ladies on the screen here, that would be Joanna, uh, works for Lori Lightfoot for the mayor. Has since she was before she was elected. Yep. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. 
Um, she just said, you know, blank you, Clarence Thomas, which all of us want to say yes <laughs> at the Pride Parade where, you know, language is free flowing. But but Mayor Lightfoot is known for a, a blunt delivery at this point. Um, how does that work for you, communications director? <laughs> you know, I love this um, F. Clarence Thomas thing because I just think it's such a case study in um, how things are working these days. Yeah, um, yeah it was, it, I think that was an off the cuff, authentic moment for her. Somebody in the crowd said it, I think, and she said, yeah, you're right. You know, she was reacting to somebody. That's what it looks like, yeah. What I found interesting is the reaction of those running against her who, instead of taking the moment to be like, you know, I understand where she's coming from. I'm angry too. Our civil rights are being destroyed in this country and Clarence Thomas and other justices are leading the way on that. And um, Roe has fallen and we are all uh, emotional about that. These, this group, this all male group of opponents to her decided to take the moment, the opportunity to admonish her for using a bad word. Uh, that I just thought like, okay, like that's your message strategy is up to you. It certainly wouldn't be the advice I would give them if they were my clients, but they're not my clients. So God bless. Um, but you know what this is really about, there's a lot of fixation on, you know, the black lady using a curse word. I think that's interesting, but I think what we should be focused on is the fact that our civil rights are being destroyed and it's not just abortion. Look what happened yesterday with the West Virginia case destruction of the EPA's ability to enforce the Clean Air Act. Incredible. And the list goes on. And so what we're in is an existential and a constitutional crisis. Um, I hope that our lovely, wonderful Chicago um, political press corps stays focused on what matters here and doesn't get themselves wound up about F. Clarence Thomas. That's not the issue that we need to be focused on right now. I mean, it's fine for one day, but we're now on day six of this story. But yeah. It's kind of amazing. It is amazing. And on Tuesday, on election day, was that rather amazing um, Kelly Hutchinson, uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, I do that, um, <laughs> piece on, um, I, I see what I did there with my <laughs> state rep's name. Um, Anyway, that that was amazing. I actually got to watch it since I wasn't at work at the election in the midday. And um, I, I feel like we're all waiting for Merrick Garland to come in with the handcuffs. My um, yeah. So let me let's ask Elena to finish out with um, congratulations, first of all, on a really important win for the county, both of you. Um, I'm so, so glad that that uh, he came through. Um, and I'm sorry uh, that Samantha Steele did not in the Board of Review. She did. Uh, she, did. She, she, did. Won? she won? She won. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen the update. Abenarji just conceded uh, about an hour ago. Oh, I'm so glad. And we and it gives Live from the Heartland some breaking news. Thanks, gals. Oh, perfect. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay. I'm, I'm a happy I'm a happy girl. All right. Well, I guess that's it. We're out of time, but thank you so much. Um, thank you for having us, Katie. I thank appreciate you. it so much and, and great work. Great work to thank both you. of you. All right. Shine on. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>
And we are back. I think we just played Won't Get Fooled Again, which is a good election song, post-election song. Um, but the other songs we're playing today around various parts of our show are all from musicians that are going to be um, performing at Ravinia, either very soon or across the summer. And so our guest now is Blake Smith, Blake Smith of... The- Smith, that's how you pronounce it, yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> That's great. Um, Who is the chief marketing officer from Ravinia? Is that the correct title? Yep. Groovy. Okay. Well, Lynn Orman Weiss, as many of you know, who uh, is one of the producers on the show and does mostly music related, um, she got us Blake. And I just want to start out by saying, Blake, thanks for being here. We love Ravinia. I, I think. I was trying to think the first time I went was probably uh, probably 50 years ago. Um, wow, I'm, okay. I'm that old. <laughs> I, I'm learning about some of the artists that played 50 years ago and, um, and looking through archival photos and footage. And, uh, you know, Janis Joplin played there in 1970. I mean, you don't think about that when you think of Ravinia, but um, it's, had, it's had a very vivid history and some really electric performances over the years. And how long have you been there with working with them? Um, I go back all the way to January. January. <laughs> so you're a 1973 guy. I mean, a 2022 guy. <laughs> and a 1973 guy. You're the one playing who's next on your show. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, that's probably like, what, 71? I'm trying to think. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. No, it was actually, I when I picked it out of YouTube, I think it was 70. 70, yeah. I was in college, yeah. and uh, when We Won't Get Fooled Again comes out, those guys, they got a lot of grief from the left about being anti, about hitting uh, Abby Hoffman with a, with a guitar in Woodstock that was Pete Townsend. Now, yeah, I don't think that was a political act, though. I think Pete was probably just irritated that, that he was on stage. He was just trying right. to play a show, because you know, if you listen to Won't Get Fooled Again, it's, it is a very political song, it um, is obviously, but I don't even... I don't think it's left or right. I think they're pointing out the cycle of politics and that it just, you know, the partying on the left is now partying on the right. You know the words. This is pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the right place, right job for a music fan, I think. Oh, that's great. So you've been the market guy from since January. Um, is there yeah. a special, are you guys, am I wrong about this? Or do you have an anniversary this year or no? We have a bunch of anniversaries this year. So it is the uh, 50th anniversary of the uh, festival shop, which is the gift shop, which was started by the women's board. And uh, we still have a big hand in it. And all that money goes to put instruments into the hands of kids in um, underserved communities. So it's a very, that festival shop is very important. And it is the 60th anniversary of that same women's board. And um, you know, I've gotten to know a number of them quite well since January and they just, they do incredible work. And a lot of people think of Ravinia, uh, even when I, uh, first came on board, I didn't realize how much of a nonprofit Ravinia actually is. So when you go out, you buy your sting ticket and it's funny because people, you know, I, and I know every concert venue gets this, people say, Oh, you know, Stevie Nicks lawn tickets are X dollars. I can't believe it. And what they don't realize most people is that, that money is going to help kids who otherwise would not have access to art and music programs. 
So yeah. I feel pretty good about buying a ticket to a show at Ravinia because there's a great, our mission is, is a pretty solid one. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I, I'm sure you're right that most people are not aware of that. You have a lot of pieces to Ravinia too. Now, um, uh, tell us about, for example, the Cabaret Theater. What is that? Well, there's a, oh boy, where, where to start? Yeah, I, I, as a Ravinia fan before I came to work, you know, for Ravinia, I really had only seen the big shows, you know, in the pavilion and sat out in the lawn, which I love to do, you know, under the stars on a summer night. But I, as I came on board and started to walk around the grounds, there's the wonderful Mark Theater, which is, uh, has the original stained glass, you know, in the walls, right? And you, I went there, I saw a wonderful, uh, jazz prog pianist that's how i describe them uh, named matthew whitaker played there last week and there was just this this heavenly celestial light beaming in through the windows as as this young man got up and played uh you know four keyboards simultaneously and just took us on like you know he played chick everything from chick korea to marvin Gaye to his own compositions and i just thought you know I, there's so many people have never seen a show in this venue and it's equally as magical as the pavilion and the lawn out there. So is it, is it physically, um, where, if you're sitting on the lawn, where is it physically in relation to the lawn? Well, the best way to think about it is when um, you get off of Metra, which is, I, you know, I recommend to everybody to take the train because it drops you right off in front of the gates. And also we have a deal. This is a shameless plug. Uh, you know, obviously better for uh, your carbon footprint to take the train, but if you have a ticket to Ravinia, Metra is free the day of your show. All you do is show them your Ravinia ticket. And, so you don't have to deal with traffic. You don't have to pay for parking. You just drop up, get right off at the gate and walk right in. And that being said, the second you walk through that gate, um, that's where the Martin Theater is. It's the very first building that you see. The Martin Theater. It's called Martin Theater. And a lot of people just run by it because they're trying to stake their <laughs> claim out right, of the line. Right, right. But um, it is an absolutely gorgeous venue. And I, I hope to do... We, we do more shows. We've, I've seen Matthew Whitaker, the Emerson String Quartet, just played there. Um, so yeah, it's uh, they're designated on our website. So if you go to ravinia.org, you can see which shows are in the Martin Theater. And it's, it's a great way to see the park because when you go see, you know, a Jackson Brown or an Emmy Lou Harris, there's thousands of people there. But the Martin, we only sell 400 tickets to. And so you can actually get on the grounds, walk around Ravinia with very few people in it, see all the sculptures, see, you know, the children's lawn and experience it in a way that you normally wouldn't be able to, um, you know, before and after the performance at the theater. That's terrific. You also have a kids series on Saturdays, right? Yeah, we've done some uh, performances out by the Dolores Cole Fountain out front. And then we have some uh, big, big programming inside. Lori Berkner, who is um, basically like the, I don't know how to describe her. She's like the Harry Styles of, uh, of children's music. Wow. Um, I was not familiar with her until we put the tickets on sale and we started selling thousands of tickets. And I had to do a little research on my, my own behalf. And she is, uh, she's quite the star and kids love her. So let's, we've skirted around it. Let's talk about some of the big scheduled names that for you coming up. Sure. Uh, why don't you just lay it, lay out a couple. Boy, you know, we have over a hundred shows this year and amazing. Uh, yeah. And everything all over the globe. So we have, you know, very famous household names like Sting and Stevie Nicks. We had Jackson Brown. Um, 
you know, this Saturday we have Dwight Yoakam playing. Um, we've got Lyle Lovett, Chris Isaac on the same bill coming up, which is a phenomenal show. Wow. Uh, Ziggy Marley's doing a tribute to his father, which nice. is something he does not usually do. And so if you are into the music of Bob Marley, and if you aren't, you're dead inside, um, <laughs> come out and uh, celebrate his life with his son. Also, we, we have some good global yeah, programming yeah. as well. Yeah, we, we, we got Kevin uh, Mall and uh, Cheryl Crow next weekend, right? Kevin Mall and Cheryl Crow, um, which which will be a great, great show as well. And I, I love the way she books her openers because they're they're adjacent to what she does, but also additive to the whole evening because Kevin Mall is a really interesting performer in his own right. And Magical Mystery Tour, tell us about that. It's the classical mystery tour. It, it is... Uh, it's Sunday night and it is a uh, classical tribute to the Beatles where they take all those great Beatles songs and interpret them classically. I mean, if you're even a casual Beatles fan um, and a casual, you know, music aficionado, you understand the impact that George Martin had on the, on the overall sound of those records, including, you know, he wrote most of the string charts on that and they're extremely melodic, but harmonically dense at the same time. You know, if you listen to, uh, you know, the crazy cello, descending cello parts on Strawberry Fields Forever. If you listen to uh, A Day in, Light, in the Life, you know, that crazy middle section where all the instruments are rising up full octave, but nobody knows how many beats it's supposed to take to get there. I mean, George Martin was incredibly inventive as a producer and a string arranger. So that, that night's going to be great. I'm a big Beatles fan. Um, so I, I, I know about all that you're saying. Um, you also have a, a global <laughs> world music um series as well um is that is that uh chronologically throughout the summer or is it bunched together we, we like to pepper it in throughout the season so um you know for instance i think the week before last uh we had rodrigo e gabriella who if you've ever seen are two of the most phenomenal guitar players on the planet um gabriella simultaneously plays percussion with her pinky and her thumb while holding down all the chords while while Rodrigo solos over it. It is really something to see. They're both very special musicians. Um, uh, coming up, with the, the show that I'm looking forward to more than anything this whole summer, and a lot of my friends from the United States have not heard of this artist, but we have a gentleman named A.R. Rahman coming, who is a Bollywood uh, musical performer. And if you have not seen a Bollywood artist play live, you were really missing out. I mean, we, I was watching video from him on YouTube and he's playing a, wearing this crazy outfit, wearing, playing guitar while flying through the air on wires. There's like lasers, there's a hundred dancers on stage, you know, doing traditional Indian dance and modern Indian dance. And um, I think that's a, buy a ticket to that. If you're even, what is that show? That's August, uh, I want to say the 20th. Yeah. 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 August 20th. Yeah, that, that's, I will be at that one, and so you can find me because uh, I, that, that's the show I'm most excited about all summer. I'm kind of excited about this Queen one. Is that a Queen um, uh, retros? I mean, uh, honor? No, it's no. And I'm glad that you asked about that. Yeah, um, tell me what that is. Yeah, so Queen is. Are, are you familiar with the Wrigleyville venue um, Metro? Oh, sure. Very famous place. Joe Shanahan opened it in 1982. Yeah. Um, everybody has come up through there from U2 to Metallica to Nirvana. Um, the very first show they put on in 82 was uh, R.E.M. 
who are still an unknown act driving around in a little van together. I've been um, to Metro many times. Yeah, it's, it is. A, it's a treasure. I have played in bands all over the United States, and there's not a club quite like that in, in the whole country. So they have place. a they have a bar in the basement called Smart Bar. And 40 years ago, they started a night called Queen, which is an LGBTQ focused oh. dance party down there. And so it is all capital letters, Queen with an exclamation point. And we have their resident DJs. We're celebrating their 40th anniversary. And um, we're having the resident DJs come out and play with their drag queen hosts are, are all coming out to Ravinia to do an afternoon show that I think is going to be really, really special and celebrate that community. Fabulous. I'm so glad I asked. because I'm so glad you did, too. It's really not. Uh, I, I was not. A hip to that. It's a lot more interesting than watching Adam Lambert try to be Freddie Mercury. Right, right. <laughs> nobody, nobody can fill Freddie Mercury's shoes. I'm sorry, guys. I know it's so true, and it's really great you're having on on uh, Independence Day back in September. You're having a, a Mexican global music fiesta. Fiesta is great, and there's face painting, there's art, there's uh, wrestling, there's uh, wonderful food, um, food vendors from, you know, all over the city that, you know, do great versions of uh, regional Mexican food. It's, it's a really special day. And there's a massive um, Latin community up in the Highland Park area, especially in Highwood. And a lot of their um, uh, community leaders are advising on that and just, and just really making sure we get it right and really can, you know, welcome and appeal to that community. Is Bonnie Rate coming back? Bonnie Rate is coming back this summer. I believe she's in September. You have the schedule in front of you. I'm still at home because I'm going to the ABBA tribute tonight. So I, I oh, nice. get some things done around the, the house. And I also have to pick out my outfit, my uh, gold lame uh, uh, pants suits in the cleaners right now. So I have to find something else as disco's hat to wear. Really <laughs> tough decision to make. Blake Smith, you are a joy to talk to. I'm so glad that um, we've got you on talking about this at this early tired of the season. People, go to the Ravinia website and check out their incredible schedule. Um, you do yourself a favor, and now you know you can take Metro for free, which yep. I always take the Metro to go to Ravinia because we've got to stop right here. Save um, the plan if the court's not going to do it for you. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, or I shouldn't get political on these on these interviews. Oh but, no, uh, no, baby, we, we just we just went through it. Uh, you're fine, you're fine, and yeah. Well, thank you. We just ran out of time, but I, thank you so much for coming in. And Katie, thanks for having me. Um, send me an email if you want. To, yeah, send me send me an email if you want to come out to a show. Bring a friend or two, and I'll hook you up. Listen to that over the air and everything. Yeah. Now, right. now, yeah. Now I have to be held to it. So there, there you go. <laughs> Thank you so much, and best of luck for a great season. Thank you so much, Katie. Hope to see you. All right. Bye, Bye. now. And we're back. That was lovely work by Emilio to put the music and pictures together. I'm sorry for those of you who can't see it, but go to youtube.com slash heartlandmedia and look up today's show, and you'll be able to. Uh, final bit. Next week, don't miss it, in Rogers Park, we have the Rogers Park Music and Arts Fest, which is presented by Flats and Sharp, our wonderful local music store. Um, they, in a little chunk of cement right there on Columbia Avenue, they've got a great stage, some art tents, some a little bit of food, and 
you know, right over there is the lake at the end of that block. So it's pretty lovely venue. And I recommend checking out the Rogers Park Arts and Music Fest next week. We may actually get uh, our friend Chris Bell to talk about it on the radio next week. We'll see if she's got any time while she's putting it together. Um, also next week, we will have Russ Bradbert and Steve Young live from Basketball in the Barrio down in El Paso, Texas. I will also be hosting that because Michael will still be on his way home at that point, but still out of town. And um, as many of you who know this show and Michael, he's been present at Basketball in the Barrio more times than not. It always happened, nor used to happen on Father's Day weekend. Um, now we've got it coming up this coming weekend and it's a it's an incredible story an incredible uh, series of good works done by good people so uh, tune in next week and until then please please uh do your best to uh do good in the world um for over 25 years we have brought you live from the heartland now heartland at home broadcasts every saturday and plus tuesday and friday at 9 a.m repeated um, on WLUW 88.7 FM, streaming live from WLUW.org and archived on our channel at youtube.com slash Heartland Media slash videos. Um, from the Heartland team, Michael James, Amelia, Emilio Davis, uh, Lynn Orman-Weiss, Imani Warren, we thank you and thank that team for bringing you uh, live from the Heartland on WLUW, our home base. Be good in the world. The world needs all the good that we can possibly do. All power to the people.